I'm your host, Arrow Kopak, and you're listening to the podcast MP3, Mastering Personality, Perspective, and Productivity. To kick off our topic of productivity, let's start off with a quote by Tony Robbins. The path to success is to take massive, determined action. Love that quote. I love that we picked that for this episode, Ariel. As do I, Roger. Yeah. I know you're a big fan of Tony Robbins. I am too. I've seen a lot of what Tony does. Yeah. So take the path to success is to take massive determined action. When you hear that, first off, I want to get into a story that we've talked about, but when you hear that quote, what does that mean to you? When I hear that quote, immediately my thought is action is the only thing that truly creates results. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Think about it all day long. Without the action, you're not going to get the results. You're not going to which this, the result that you're looking for is success. You have to act. Been there, done that. <laughs> I've let a lot of good ideas just sit. So yeah, and let's talk about what that looks like. That planning process, or not what not executing looks like. You had a story that you wanted to share with everybody about productivity and perfectionism, and what that was like for you. What did that look like? Yes. So oftentimes perfectionism is the antithesis of taking action. It's the opposite. I agree. So to counteract perfectionism, how do you do that? How do you stop that pull to perfectionism? I like to call myself a recovering perfectionist. <laughs> yeah. And so what the moment that I wanted to share, the story I wanted to share was kind of about my moment of hitting rock bottom mm. and starting my recovery as a recovering perfectionist. And when we talk about perfectionism, like what we're talking about is making sure that whatever task it is or those things that you do, right, they just have to be done to a T, right? They just have to be like the bar is set so high. Would you agree? Or yes. what does it mean to you, right? It's just got to be. Right. And perfection is an unrealistic ideal, but then we all right. have our own perceptions of what perfect is okay. it looks like. Okay. Right. So we go so, back to you at rock bottom. Yes. Okay, what was so going on? What, what well. was going on there? <laughs> so, I was at a state of constantly feeling like not enough, not good enough work, not getting enough done when I was working really hard, but I was beating myself up and having a lot of that negative self-talk because no matter what I did or how much I accomplished, there was always more to be done and it was not done well enough to me in my own standard of perfection, right? Right. Wasn't meeting your expectations. Mm -hmm. And so I was constantly beating myself up for not meeting my own expectations, even if those expectations were unrealistic. And some of that was unrealistic because at some point your plate can get too full and you just can't complete it all. And maybe the obstacle is actually that your plate shouldn't be so full. That's a thought. Right. But if you're a perfectionist, if you're a perfectionist, then it should all be able to be done right? Because that's mm -hmm. the ideal of perfection. Right. Because otherwise, why would it be on my list, right? If I didn't think I could get it done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. So I was in a state of constantly beating myself up, a lot of negative self-talk. I won't say the words on the podcast, but there was a bit of beating myself up, swearing to myself, you know, telling myself, oh, you didn't do that. And you should have remembered this. And Ariel, yeah. you didn't follow through on this, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It was constantly focusing on what I wasn't doing well enough of or doing enough of or doing well enough at. Right. And it was becoming very constant. It became a consistent pattern in my mind. And one day I was going through that mental dialogue of 
didn't do this, didn't do that. And I remember I was in the shower one morning going through my list of all the things that I didn't do, didn't do well enough, didn't follow through on perfectly, et cetera, et cetera. And out of nowhere, it was like a third body, or sorry, it was like an out of body experience. Out of nowhere, completely unconscious, all of a sudden I went, doody doody do. <laughs> you did what? Uh, <laughs> one, one more time. Okay. <laughs> what was that? Yes. All of a sudden I went, doody doody do. Okay. And I laughed at myself even harder than you're laughing at me right now, Roger, which I totally appreciate. Oh my goodness. It cracked me up. I bet. I what was that? Laughing. Yeah. It was all of a sudden, at first, I was flabbergasted. What was that? <laughs> exactly. And then I started laughing really hard, laughing at myself. And as I thought about what was that, I realized that was my subconscious because it wasn't a conscious choice. It was out of nowhere. Yeah. It was my subconscious screaming, saying, stop it already. I can't right. handle this. Sure. can't take it anymore. That makes a lot of sense. You are destroying me bit by bit, and I won't have it. I felt that, that was what my subconscious was saying because it just came out of nowhere. Like, <laughs> enough, enough. Right. You have to stop. Right. And so <laughs> after that, I realized that that was my mind actually protecting me. It was like self-defense mechanism saying, sure. enough, you have to stop. This is destroying you and me. Enough is enough. This isn't serving anymore. Well, good for your subconscious, right? I'm grateful for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So all that talk that you had, right? It was that negative talk, you know, words that you don't want to use on the radio. Yep. <laughs> all those things coming at you like you're not good enough. So what, what you made me think of is, right, you're focusing on you could say the negative or what you weren't doing. You weren't even recognizing what you were accomplishing. And Absolutely. your mind was telling you some internal process was saying enough, can't do this anymore. And it just came out in that moment. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So what did you do with this epiphany, this moment of clarity? Well, then just because I had that moment of clarity or that epiphany doesn't mean that the mental dialogue pattern the negative self-talk stopped. Okay. Right? It continued to show up, but I realized that I couldn't let it continue. So whenever I noticed that was happening, the negative self-talk or it was falling back into that pattern, I would make myself, no matter where I was, no matter if I was in a meeting or by myself in the car, I would make myself go, doody, doody, do. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah, that was your phrase. Yes, I'm sorry. Sometimes you do what happened. Yes. So sometimes if it was in a meeting, I would do it really quietly or almost just lip it to myself. Mm -hmm. But as soon as I did that, it reminded me to relax, to laugh at myself, not take life so seriously, and remind myself that negative self talk was not serving me. It wasn't right. helping the situation. And it was just beating me down, which serves no one. It served no one, right? And certainly it wasn't doing anything for your continued productivity, right? You may have been getting some stuff done. I totally get that, right? You know, that could happen. Still wonder if there isn't a small part of you that should not have gotten up on the conference table and just announced duty, duty, do. <laughs> I think that could have been a teaching moment for everybody, but hey, I'm, I tend to think out of the box. Another out-of-the-box thought is I think we could make up T-shirts and ball caps and coffee mugs for listeners. 
We'll see. We'll see what <laughs> we can do there. Doo. Of duty, duty, do on them. Yeah, yeah. Look for the store on the website soon. Love it. Brought to you by MP3. <laughs> what was really neat there, you know, it's funny. I, I will occasionally connect what you're. We talk about here with some emotional intelligence, and I love that that your subconscious was doing what it did to bring that up for you. Mm -hmm. And in the emotional intelligence world, you know, to manage our emotions, a lot of times I will say, you know, either count to 10 or breathe. Breathing is a great way to get out of that emotional state that we're in. Because it sounds to me like, correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, you might've been in a little bit of an emotional state with all of this stuff in your mind, right? How many of us do wake up in the morning or, you know, brushing our teeth, we're in the shower and it's like, oh my gosh, I'm going through my daily rundown and I, you know, oh my God, nothing really changed since last night. I still have all this Mm -hmm. stuff to do. Mm -hmm. And there is a, many of you probably have a breaking point yourself, but you know, for you, this was where this came from and it came subconsciously. You can do it, you know, consciously. So kudos to you for having that moment. My goodness. So do you still use the phrase now, Ariel? I don't use it as much, but I, I will but I call it my stop trigger. So yeah. my doody doody do is, yep. okay, stop, relax. And now sometimes I'll use breathe or mm-hmm. smile or different things. You know, it evolves over time. But I still, if I'm in a stressed, kind of intense negative mental state, it still helps to use the doody doody do because it really <laughs> does lighten the mood. It makes me laugh. It reminds me to laugh at myself. So when I need to loosen up essentially sure it's helpful to use that but it's that's really my stop trigger and i think it's important to have a stop trigger and also a start trigger right so the duty duty do is okay relax laugh at yourself you know take a pause right and realize what's going on and what how you're speaking to yourself and that it doesn't serve you or anyone else but then also it's important to have a start trigger and so my start trigger then is after i used duty duty do to stop yeah i would say progress not perfection Love that. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's a great, that's, that's a great takeaway because what I'm hearing is right. You're making space, making space for yourself, clearing your mind. And then now that my mind is clear, okay, well, I'm going to say it because we talk about it so much. It's a different perspective you're putting on the situation, right? There's the perspective piece that we talk about so much. You take your awareness, you take it to a place and then you're shifting what your perspective is and going to another one. That's so Mm -hmm. wonderful. You know, it kind of reminds me of when I started my business, I was overwhelmed. I was completely overwhelmed with everything that was facing me. I mean, I had lists till the cows came home. I had lists, lots of papers all over the place. And I don't know how many people have done this. I mean, you've tried every online app and list maker and all that kind of stuff. And, Mm -hmm. you know, half the fun is importing your tasks into the new one and then seeing if the tasks will magically get done. I'm here to tell you, Ariel, they don't magically get done. You still have to. I know. I know. You still have to get them done. So as I would do a lot of this work, I would get a lot of the work that I would do to a certain point and I wouldn't be satisfied with it. It, I'm resonating so much with what you said. I would get it to a point and I'd be like, nope, it's not quite there yet. It's not soup yet. It's not a statue. If you're, you know, whatever analogy you want to make, you know, it's not a bowl yet that I'm making out of clay. It's still a rough bowl. What I was forgetting was that to carry that analogy further of making a bowl out of clay, I still made a bowl that held water. You know what I'm saying? Mm. The bowl could still contain stuff. If you or I or anybody else would look at it, it's like, hey, Raj, you made a bowl. Good for you, right? I got 80% of the way there. You know, it might not have a lip to pour out of. It might not have a handle, but for crying out loud, it was a bowl. But I wasn't Mm -hmm. sharing the bowl with the world. 
and I would just let it sit. I would let the story sit on my computer. I would let that post not go out. I would record the video, but not edit it, you know, all that kind of stuff that I would think, ah, you know what? I'm going to polish this. I'm going to polish that. And over time, you're like the moment was gone. Like whatever I was talking about, it wasn't an evergreen topic. It wasn't newsworthy anymore. It just wasn't something I wanted to talk about. And so for a year, two years, I just never published anything, never did anything with it because I felt like it had to be perfect. And somebody had said to me somewhere along the way, kind of like what you were talking about, you know, progress is the enemy of perfection. Is that what you had said or progress? So to me, it was somebody said, you know, 80% out the door is better than a hundred percent on the floor. And I'm like, I love that. Yeah. Right. Excuse me. What, where did that come from? Well, like in the movie editing business, right. When you uh-huh. are cutting film or you're discarding ed- your video or whatever, right. If you get 80% of the project out there for people to see, mm-hmm. you know, it's better that they see it than, you know, not sending it out at all. That's the hundred percent on the floor or the hundred percent that doesn't make it out the door. So that really started me on this idea. A friend of mine said, what if you experimented Roger? And I'm like, what? She's a scientist. It's her background. So everything with my good friend Tina is, you know, why don't you experiment a little bit? Experiment. I love right? It. Yeah. And I was like, well, Tina, I don't know if you know this, but sometimes if you experiment, you fail. <laughs> and she said, that's the point, right? You know, the stuff that I was doing was not going to, it wasn't saving lives. It wasn't hurting lives. You know, it was just stuff to play with and get out there and experiment with. So just changing my perspective a little bit about putting my work out there did shift the way that I thought about perfection, what productivity really looked like, right? Because for a long time, I like what you're saying, you know, I was busy, 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 right? Yes. We talked about with the quote, right? I was not taking massive determined action. I wasn't taking any action. I wasn't taking massive determined action. I wasn't taking any action. I love that you, I love that you say that because when you talk about perfection, on the floor, as you say, those things that you didn't put out there, you might have the false security of doing something, but is it actually progress towards what you're trying to achieve? Because perfection, when we think about perfection, it's closed, it's done, it's locked away, right? It's complete. And then what? That's not the way the world works. That's not the way our lives work. That's not the way that learning works. It's an ongoing journey. There's no point at which it's complete or done. And if you're waiting until it's complete or done, it's not going to then have the opportunity to evolve, right? Exactly. That to be perfect, that means complete, which means no evolution, which means then it's not growing and adapting with you and with whomever whomever it is that you're trying to serve. You're so right there. And one of the things that I realized that I relish is collaborating and working with others. We've talked about that with Mm -hmm. personality. And I realized that what I was missing was sharing and collaborating with other people. So by not putting my work out there, it was just solo work. And kind of funny because when we talk about this, yeah, it was perfect. It could have been perfect. It could have been the most perfect piece of writing, could have been the most perfect video, but I wasn't sharing it with anybody. It wasn't out Mm -hmm. there for the world to evaluate. I wasn't putting myself out there for fear or whatever it happened to be. And a lot of it was fear. It was a hurdle to overcome, right? What if they don't like it? What if they say this? What if I offend somebody? What if, what if, what if, what if? It's kind of like where you were going with your shoulds, right? I should be getting this work done. I should be doing that, right? You know, and both of those, I think are those, perfection loves those words, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It loves that. Very much so. Yeah. (laughs) So to combat that, I love where we're going today with just executing. 
-hmm. What is the next thing that you can do to get your work out there? What does execute look like? You can plan and plan and plan because that's what I did. I was a great planner, just wasn't Mm -hmm. executing. And so it wasn't until I heard that message of executing. If that's what this is doing for you today, folks who are listening, that's the next thing you can do. What's the next thing you can do to take action on your idea, your plan, whatever it is that's stalling you right now? That I think is is what would be of most value to you right now. Absolutely. And I think it's important to remember that this is a journey. Life is a journey. Work is a journey. Whatever it is that you're going to produce, it's a journey. And so if you don't put it out there, it can't evolve. It's like right. you're not giving it life in order for it to grow, in order for it to evolve and therefore it's not making progress. You're not making progress if you're not putting it out there, if you're not taking action. And we all, I think most of us can resonate with that. those fears. Something my former boss used to say, I think he might have taken it from Tony Robbins or someone, I'm not sure, but he would always say, stop shooting on yourself. <laughs> I've used that in my presentations and I know a couple of speakers have used it in their program, right? Mm-hmm. Stop shooting yourself. And I have to enunciate very clearly when I say that. Yes. But yeah, and that's the big thing. Anytime that could be your trigger. If if you catch yourself saying I should or what if, Mm -hmm. maybe use Ariel's catchphrase, which is doody doody do. See, right? And just pause. (laughs) If that causes you to pause and laugh for a little bit, put yourself in a space. That's it. Absolutely. And I'd like to say if you, if that helps you, you're welcome to laugh at me as long as you laugh at you too. Yes, right. Laugh with Ariel. We're not laughing at you, right? I love the phrase. It's you, you can know, laugh at me. It's okay. Nah, but I love that takeaway. As long as you laugh at yourself too. <laughs> I think the wisdom that we'd like to leave you with today. So I say it's you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be perfect. Take small steps. Whatever you put out there, it just might be enough. Say that to yourself. It just might be enough. Write it down. And from Ariel's story. Honestly, don't forget to laugh at yourself along the way. It's okay to laugh at yourself. You got to laugh at yourself. Remember that phrase. Absolutely. So good. Until next time, this is Roger and Ariel helping you to master your personality, perspective, and productivity. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. If you want to know more about the podcast, events, workshops, or coaching, visit harnessyourhindrance.com mp3. And don't forget to subscribe for the podcast mailing list on our website. I have three asks. I ask that you listen to at least three episodes of this podcast before giving a rating, but then please do. I ask that you share this with three people who may benefit from the conversation you heard today. And I ask that you capture your three takeaways from this content. You may always text message MP3 to 888-523-2494 to stay informed when new episodes come out. Again, thank you for listening.